The NBA playoffs mean next level basketball. Get ready for all the action by betting at Play In Tournament with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA National Basketball Association. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. That means right now, you clinch a win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers also can bet on NBA hoops with the same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, for each day of the play-in, get a risk-free bet up to $10 if your same-game parlay doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code GETSOME. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the play-in tournament and get $150 in free bets instantly. Again, that's promo code GETSOME at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. What's up, everybody? I got Guy Tory this week. We're having celebratory cigars. That's right. Because Fat Tuesday is out on Amazon Prime. Yes, Prime Video. Prime video. But what's the other celebratory thing that we're doing? No. Come on, man. Just look over to your look over look over to your right. That Lombardi trophy. Oh. Them that's Rams. Oh, that's old. But dude. it doesn't matter. It still represent them Rams. There, boy. I got a Ram gang sign I made up right here. Well, I'm smoking for the release of Fat Tuesday. Thank you, man. I'll I'll smoke that the biggest went to the Super Bowl. A Fat Tuesday alumni. Alumnus, alumnus, whatever they want to call it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a terrible cut cigar. It is. I cut it's it bad. Terrible. I cut it and real I'm not bad. the greatest cigar smoker as it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's this, good. This is all the this, <laughs> this, this, is, this is all the smoke you want right here. Yeah, yeah, that's smooth. <laughs> <laughs> this is the other smoke show. Is it lit? It's, it's lit. good, right? Yeah, you got to keep turning it when you smoke it. You know, that keeps you get a full burn. There you go. Not your head. God damn, Sorry. God damn it. <laughs> he's going like to be he's going to be sick. Good. Yeah. Got, you know what it reminds me of? <laughs> it reminds me of the first time I ever did a a jet ski. Oh. And everyone I was with was like fucking pros it seemed like and they're all cutting these big right. fishtails, yeah. right? And I go, "How you guys do that?" And they were like, you got to gun it, cut it, and let go of the gas, right? <laughs> they said gun it, cut it, let go. Right. So I went, yeah. Hands came off. Oh. They said it was this big fishtail, and I came flying through it. <laughs> <laughs> and they all went, you stupid motherfucker. You let go of the damn handles. I go, you said let go. <laughs> yeah. So, so did you go after that? You do it again? Funny. The story gets better. Yeah. So I was embarrassed. So of course. I was, I was making fun of it for the next two days. We're on some lake, Northern California or something like that. And then, so I'm taking all this heat all weekend. This is before I was doing stand-up. I was in the military. And the, one buddy had a speedboat with the inner tube behind it. You hang on. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. they try to throw you with the waves. Right. So I said, fuck this. All I got to do is hang on. Right. I'm going to let them know I ain't want to get thrown off. Right. So I'm hard riding, right? And the thing flipped. The guy flipped me. I went in the air, I landed underneath, right? Underneath the tube. Yeah, so I'm still hanging on. I flipped that bitch <laughs> back, right? And all I hear 
all across the leg. Goes, oh, oh, oh. And I'm thinking, yeah, motherfucker, saw me flip that bitch back. <laughs> I look down. My swim trunks are gone. <laughs> so I was like this. Everybody saw this white ass. This white pasty ass <laughs> with pimples so on it. I'm thinking everybody's going, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all, they're all laughing. They're like, this motherfucker lost his shorts. Then you got the other people going, fuck yeah, My My shorts were floating like a scene in Jaws. They were just on the lake. <laughs> and then I had to get off and swim back to them. Naked. Man, I thought everybody's here. I got this white ass. It would have been all over. Yeah, it was social media. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. There, nobody had phones. That was back shit then. went viral. Yeah. Yeah, nobody had computers back then, <laughs> let uh -uh. alone a phone. So, we'll get into the Super Bowl. Yeah, man. And then we'll get into Fat Tuesday. Yeah, man. Did you go? What? The game. The Super Bowl? Yeah, I was there. I was there. Yes, Where'd I was. What'd you see? I had, I had three options I had 400 section, 200 section. And then, you know, uh, owner's box. Well, near the owner's box and that, on that level. Because once you get there, you know, you can kind of talk your way into getting to other places. Facts. <laughs> Sometimes your face, you know, when you have a, 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 you're an entertainer or a public figure, they see your face. And they're like, ah! And you just kind of fake it. You fake your way to the lower seats. Yep. You know, you're like, oh, there, yeah, take a picture. Yeah, you take every picture then. So, yeah. so, so, you see this? I'm somebody. <laughs> I'm somebody. Yeah, let me down here. So that's what you kind of do. But it was fun. Fun. Halftime show was off the chain. Halftime show was off the chain. It really was. It I really was. Seeing it live and not being on my phone, because I'm kind of right. in the moment. And I didn't want to be on my phone the whole game. So I, I really, I honestly, did both. I went back and forth. I barely looked at my phone, because I was like, one, I was so into the game. Right. But if I checked my phone, I wasn't checking comments. So right. I didn't know how the public reacted to that halftime show. I go, it's the first Super Bowl I've been to. Right. First time I've seen a one? big performer. I said I'll never go unless the Bengals go. Really? I've, oh, been, I've... I've been offered, like, not offered free tickets, but offered to buy tickets right. and thought right. about it. I said, nah, if the Bengals go, I'm going. There's yeah. no fucking way I was missing that one. Yeah, I wasn't going to miss it either. I went in 2019. I went to the Rams uh, Patriots in uh That was the, in the worst, yeah, boringest it was, it, was, it was boring. I ain't going to lie. I was boring. It was boring. Where was that one at? Miami? No, it was Atlanta at was, Mercedes. Yeah, that's right. Mercedes-Benz Stadium. God, not the one, one in that the was one of the worst Super Bowls. It was. Like, just boring. I ain't gonna lie, it was boring. Well, it was worse for me because we lost. Yeah. So it was boring and we lost. Yeah. So, you know, Todd Gurley was hurt. Golf, uh, golf looked like he was a, in, in Pop Warner. Golf looked like he was playing golf. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But you know why? You know, Belichick knew he couldn't read defenses and and Belichick would, uh, you know, would, would change the defense right when the the the, the uh, microphone went off in the helmets, so they give you one look, and it wants to, and then because McVay was calling all the plays, mm -hmm. that's why the, the Rams were rushed to the line, and that's not right. really huddle long. And then once you know Belichick knew that he couldn't read defenses, they give him one look, and then that mic went off. He changed the look, and that's why golf looked kind of like, you know, Ooh. yeah. I forget you know a lot about football. Man, what? So since you know a lot about football, before the Rams Bengals game, I said a couple. This is how I said the game's gonna go. I literally said, I almost called the score to the T, to the fucking T. I said 27-24, McPherson gets a field goal to win it at the end. You, you can look, check the records. That's what I said. And then I really thought, I said, this is what I know is going to happen. Donald's going to get his sacks, mm. but I know Stafford's going to throw a pick, at least one. He's right. generous. Yeah, he's, and yeah, I was like generous. this, it's who's going to do it last. Right, right. And end up Donald got the sack last. Yeah. But I literally said that, I go, it depends who gets it last. 
Is Stafford going to throw the pick last, or is Donald going to get the sack last? And it was kind of reminiscent of Super Bowl 38 when the Rams uh, were in Atlanta uh, against the Titans. But Mike Jones made that stop at the goal line. Yeah. That last play was a defensive play that won the game for the Rams. So it's kind of, you know, kind of the same thing, man. What do you think? So what do you think of Burrow? He's a beast. Okay, good. That's why Gronk want to go play for him. I understand why Gronk. Want to go play for fucking Bor Bor a beast, man. He's, He's going. He, free agents want to come there now. Yeah, and it sounds weird. Yeah, Bengals are a stable franchise right now. Yeah, never it's, said it's, that in my life. In a while, man. The only position that can, that's why you always got to risk the draft picks. You always got to risk the big free agent money on a quarterback because there's no other position. You trust the process. That can change an organization. If you look at Indy before Peyton got there, right. they were like the Lions. Right. Look at the Saints for Drew Brees got there. Yeah, laughing stock. Even the uh, Chargers. Yeah, it's when Rivers the got there. The only one, and then now with the new quarterback. Yeah, they're the only ones that can do that, man. Patriots, New England was fucking laughing stock. They get yeah. a quarterback like Brady, they're dynasty. I'm like this it's the only position. It's the only one. You got Yeah, you got to You got You got You got to gamble, but you better gamble right. Because right. when it goes bad, you can be, you can be the Raiders with uh, <laughs> Jamarcus Russell. Marcus Russell. I remember you. I, I'll never forget this. And you probably don't remember this. You had a show on BET, I think, with John Sally. Yeah, some sports ballers, show. Ballers, ballers. Yeah. You had Jamarcus Russell on there. Yep. Just got drafted. Yep. That motherfucker showed up with the diamond watch, a diamond bracelet, and the biggest diamond pendant. Man, and I go, they're fucked. Man, they're fucked. And and you know what's funny is, man, I uh, I went to a game in Pittsburgh one time. It was the Raiders and the and the Steelers. My man Tony Wiley hooked me up with tickets T. with his Wiley. buddy T Wiley, my homie. And Jamarcus Russell was hurt. But he came out of the locker room. You know, I was standing out by the locker room. I'm not going in the locker room, a bunch of naked-ass men. I was just standing out and wait till they get dressed and come out. But he walked out, full mink coat on, all that ice and shades. I mean, I thought he looked like a rapper. I'm like, that's, that's the NFL quarterback? He was clean, though. That mink was to the floor. He was iced out. He was clean. But I'm like, that's the, that, that's the face of your franchise. <laughs> God damn. But I God bless him. He was talented, man. Didn't, yeah, he lazy. Yeah, I mean, he probably he probably admitted himself like yeah. he was just lazy. Yeah, yeah, blew up all that shit. But anyway, yo, let's, let's yeah, let's get into it, man. You want to get into fat? You want to get into Fat Tuesdays, football, man? Football. Let's go. Let's get into Fat Tuesdays, man. Let's get into uh, the the era of hip hop. I remember last time you was on the podcast, you wouldn't talk about it, right? Because I was like. You know what they gotta do? Like I was like, <laughs> I thought I was gonna be that light bulb over your head. Bing, they gotta do a fat Tuesday. Not knowing you already had in the works. The only thing that sucks about the documentary, which by the way, if you haven't seen it on Amazon Prime or Prime Video, to me it was like a class reunion when I watched it. And I'm yeah. so mad. I felt like I I was a kid that missed Picture Day. Right. When I watched it because right. It was such an integral part of my career. Right. And I was, this is why it wasn't on the documentary. The divorce got announced. I wasn't allowed to come to California because I was avoiding a process server. And we tried to reschedule it, but I couldn't get her served and I couldn't have take a chance getting served. Right. So I wasn't flying or anything. So right. I was just like, I can't. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and we had you scheduled that week Like three different times You guys were trying to make work And I go I just And I couldn't tell you where I was at Right I was paranoid I was I was I was uh, We were on a Zoom call With you know Reggie Hudlin Amazon Gramnet Kelsey Grammar's production company Original Productions And they were like Oh yeah we have Gary Owen this week And this was on a Monday And I think everything It broke that Sunday 
I said, oh, we may have to reschedule that. <laughs> uh, it broke Saturday. It broke Saturday, okay. Yep. So I was like, he said, why? I said, do you haven't been looking what's going on? I said, and I told him what happened. They was like, <gasps> and we don't know if I can talk about this, but and if, and if I can't, Eric, you, you can cut it out. No. But that week on the set, it was this guy, this uh, Mexican guy who was trying to get on the set. And he was going back and forth with security and our medic who was on the set. And he was like, uh, they was going back and forth and stuff. And I was like, what's going on? He said, this guy said, said he's here to see uh, some uh, Gary. I'm like, Gary, who Gary? Gary, Gary, oh, Gary. I'm, what? I said, Gary Owen? He said, yeah, 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 Gary Owen. I said, first of all, who knows we're shooting at the comedy store? Because no one knew we were shooting at the wow. comedy store. Then who knew that he was a part of this production and he's supposed to be here this week? It was fucking weird. And the guy, me and the guy got into it because he was being disrespectful to the black medic. And I stepped in and was like, yo, man, you got to talk to her that way. And he was like, who is that? Who is she to you? And he looked like he was kind of almost homeless. Hmm. And he just wanted to get on set real bad. And security was like, no, it's a closed set. It's a cold set. And I, I was putting two and two together like, was he there to serve? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm thinking because when they come to serve you, there's somebody that you wouldn't expect. And, and I'll tell, tell you why. And, 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 and I was like, whoa. Well, how would he know that Gary was going to be here this week? And it was just weird. And I kind of got an idea how he knew. But when you get served, I got served one time, my ex-manager, uh, after a show. I was in Vegas doing the uh, Laugh Factory. And this white couple was sitting up front, and I, they were laughing their ass off, man, having a good time. So I'm, I'm outside taking pictures with everybody, and the little old white woman come and say, you were so funny, oh, my God. You made me laugh the whole night. Um, you've been served. I mean, <laughs> you, I'm, I'm just like, the fuck? And I opened yeah. it, and there was an old manager who was trying to get money from something he had nothing to do with. Yeah. You know, and I was like, this is fucked up. I wouldn't have expected this woman you never and this know old what man, they look like. you never know. So if strange people come up to you and have an envelope or something in their hand, just avoid the motherfuckers. I, the, listen, I ain't going to say what city, I ain't going to say where, but the motherfucker was chasing me one time. <laughs> motherfucker came up like, Gary on, like a fan. And I went, I just look. I didn't even know it was a server. Right. Took off running the motherfucker tried to throw it at right, me. Right. I was like this. And I'm looking at my guys. I go, don't fucking touch our right. shit. Right, right. They're with me. They pick right. it up. I'm served. right. Man, right? right. It's, yeah, it's that motherfucker. I was running like um, more chest on Boys in the Hood. Like, <laughs> Ricky, <laughs> looking back, <laughs> Ricky. Yeah, that was. That's why I couldn't be on it. So when I saw Fat Tuesday, I was like, "Fuck, dude." Yeah, man, we were trying. It to came get you out the, great, man. So Reggie Hudlin and his team, man, the editors and the, the the other producers did a great job, man. They really did. I. It's funny because I wanted Reggie to direct this. Like I talked to Reggie about this. When he was on a set of Django Unchained, he's one of the producers on that. And mm -hmm. we talked about it. I've been working at this documentary for 13 years, nine underground. And it was Michael Blackston who planted the seed. We were on a flight one day, and he was going to Sacramento for separate shows. And he was like, man, I miss Fat Tuesdays. He said, man, these young, co these young comics need to know what, you know what Fat Tuesdays was and how important it was. And that's when the light bulb went off. Yeah. And I was like, huh. So I started, I started going through my archives, those VHS tapes and shit of what footage I had. And then I grabbed this, uh, this dude's upcoming director, Bishop Moore. He, uh, I said, man, let's, let's, let's schedule some interviews. Because remember, we got you at the comedy store for that sizzle yep. in the back room. 
So we interviewed a lot of people. Man, Cedric would come through. Every time I Cedric, I called Cedric to come through and do, you know, do a spot for the sizzle, he showed up, man. Him and Lunell, Virginia King, they was always loyal, always like, whatever you need, just tell me when. And and we and we um and we, you know, I sat on it for a while because I was working. You know, you get busy and shit. And then about three or four years ago, man, I took it to my agency, Innovative Artists, and they were like, you got something here. Then we took it out and started shopping it to production companies, went to Kelsey Graham's production company. They really liked it. And then, you know, we met with Original Productions, who part of Fremantle, and then Amazon, perfect fit. Yeah. Then they wanted a big-name director. I wanted Regina King to direct it. Yeah. But she was busy with, I think, One Night in Miami, so we'd had to wait a year. Amazon didn't want to wait, so we didn't want to wait. And so they wanted this big-name director, I won't say the name. Um, I didn't really want him. I'm a fan of his work, but I just didn't want him for this project. Why? So why wouldn't you want Steven Spielberg? <laughs> why wouldn't you? Well, it's a culture thing. He doesn't know culture. <laughs> No, he you does. Know, he's adopted. He, he, yeah, but, but he doesn't know this. The, Why wouldn't you? The, the black I'm comedy kidding. club experience culture. <laughs> the comedy act theater culture. <laughs> but so so we ended up, man, uh, I said, okay, you send it to the guy, see if he, well, he likes it. Send it to him. He want, he loved it, but we had to wait two years. And I was like, I'm going to call Reggie Hudlin. And they were like, what? Yeah, you're just going to call Reggie Hudlin? I said, I'm going to call Reggie. And I told Reggie about it, and he was like, you know, my man. Man. And he did, man, he and his team did such a great job. Shout out to Byron Phillips. Now, let me ask you the um, the promos that I saw. The the one that I thought was the best was when Kat said, how'd you find out about Jesus? You man, let me tell it. you about that one. So I was wondering if you shot that, specifically for that Tuesday, that was just archive footage. That was archive. When I was working on the sizzle, I would catch motherfuckers where I could. So I happened to be in Dayton, Ohio, staying at the Crown Plaza, and Cat was in the same hotel. I was playing the funny bone. He was in town just passing through or whatever. I think he went to Hall that day. I think he went to Hall that day, Chappelle. Mm -hmm. And so Cat was in the hotel. We chopped it up. I said, hey, man, I'm shooting this fat, this sizzle for the Fat Tuesday documentary, man. Uh, can I get you, can I get you on camera just a little bit? We'll shoot you for real when we when we get up in production. Let's do it. So I had a little handheld fucking camera. And he had his tour bus outside. And I said, you know, I just need, I just need five minutes, a couple of quotes. You know, put you in the, put you in the sizzle. He said, "All right, cool, cool. Go on his bus, back of his bus." Now, Cat smokes a lot of weed. Mm -hmm. I don't smoke weed, right? I smoke cigars. So I'm in the back. You know, you've been on tour buses. That back part where the where the, where the room, the where bedroom the head, the is. Headliner is. That's the headliner, headliner dressing yeah, the headliner room. Dressing room. <laughs> so we're on the bus, man. That closed area, and I got a show that night. But I'm 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 getting Cat, man. And an hour and 15 minutes later, some of the best shit. He was dropping dimes. He's just talking. Just yeah. I'm asking questions. He's talking dimes, and and the one part they wanted to use for that, I mean, he, they could have used his whole fucking interview. Mm -hmm. And he said that man. I said, well, um, "How'd you hear about Fat Tuesdays?" And I'd ask everybody that same question, mm -hmm. and he would go, "How'd you hear about Jesus?" People told you, it's a way to go. And I was like, "Fucking gold!" And they end up using that. But that's a great promo. Yeah. That if I didn't know Fat Tuesday, that would make me watch it. Man. That would make me. And I, it. when I was doing the sizzle, I didn't, I, I didn't know where to put it. I didn't know if I should put it up front. If I didn't know if I should put it in the back and at the end as, as a sign off. I mean, he gave me so many good quotes. Kevin Hart did the same thing. So Kevin, I was playing the Virginia Beach, Funny mm -hmm. Bone, and Kevin was at Hampton University doing the show. So I was like, fuck, after my show on Sunday, because he had two shows. I said, I'm gonna go and see if I can get, get Kevin. So I went, same little dirty ass camera, and, and Kevin got done with his show, and we was in the fucking locker room. Mm -hmm. And 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 his footage, he gave me some gold, and I don't know why we didn't use that footage, 
But uh, but Reggie knows what he's doing. He used the right footage. He, everybody that was in it um, did a great job. Well, that well, when you talk about Kevin and Cat and stuff, it's like when you're around them. So you, for you to say they're dropping gems, okay, stand ups. Yeah, they're they yeah. are who they are because of stand up. Mm-hmm. I say, but when you're around them, then you get it. Yeah. Then you get why people yeah. gravitate to them. Yeah. Then you get why it translates when they're on stage and everything. It's like this. Because, you know, some people be like, man, I don't, I don't like Kev like that. He, his stand-up, like, he, the one during the pandemic wasn't his best one. Right, right. And he'll, he'll admit but see, it. But, but see, here's the thing, though. And this is why I defend it all the time. I defend that one. Because people who are big Kevin Hart fans mm-hmm. didn't like that special. Yeah. I said, here's the thing. First of all, you're used to seeing Kevin in the last few years in stadiums, right? Uh-huh. And Kevin's real animated. Mm-hmm. He's real animated, especially when you do stadiums and theaters, and you know that. You got to be animated. You got to play to the motherfuckers way up in the rafters. Mm-hmm. He's animated. And that's, what, that's part of what makes Kevin, Kevin Hart. His, his, his animation and his, and, 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 his, and, his, and his projection, right? Mm-hmm. When you take somebody and put them in a smaller room, that same energy can't match in that in that small room. He's at home. He's in you know the, the silk pajamas. And being that big in that space, he would look stupid, and he knows that. Mm-hmm. So you're not you, you're not used to seeing Kevin a little bit more subdued and and, and calm. Mm-hmm. And and you you've grown to love Kevin as 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 the animation guy, as a guy that's big, that's loud, and that's his that's his mm-hmm. that's his style. So seeing him in a more tapered down version. You're like, oh, I was expecting this, but then he, Kevin knows he can't do this in a space like this. It would look I, stupid. Trust me, I get it. I'm right. saying what other people say. Right. I'm, I'm, not, I'm no, not one to criticize a comedian like, but if yeah, I'm saying, and, and this is to those people, this is not to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is those people who like, well, I didn't like it because you're always, not used to seeing them like that. Yeah, but when people do that, I go, I go this. You guys don't get it. There's right. a reason he's at where he's at. I said, you have to be in the room with them. Yeah. And then you'll get it. So when you say. He was dropping gems at Hampton. He was dropping I was gems, like this. Man. He always is Chappelle. when you're around him. Chappelle, Chappelle same man. Same way. I flew, I flew to um, Cleveland to ask Chappelle to do the doc. Because I didn't want to go through people and all this stuff. I just wanted to do face-to-face. Hey, man. And I heard he was going to be in Cleveland. It was, it was 2019. It was like the 30th, right, of, uh, of December in 2019. And I called Donnell up. I said, hey, man, yo, I heard y'all going to be in Cleveland. He said, yeah, I'm coming up. I need to take you to the show. Boom, no problem. And they took took care of me. Just Dale Chappelle in his in his dressing room. And I don't like bothering people before they go on stage. I let comedians, I love comedians to be in their zone. I don't want to mm-hmm. be there. He's like, oh, come on, guy, guy. What's up, man? You know, and make small talk. He was cool. I said, man, I'm doing the Fat Tuesday documentary. Um, man, I'd love for you to be in it, man. People don't know why. I'm in. In less than 30 seconds. I'm in. I said, what? I'm in. I'll do it. And I was like, wow. And like some people who are nowhere on the level <laughs> of a Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Send was sending me up the moon around the corner, yeah. through the underground railroad to like, oh well, let me, uh, uh, and you get somebody like Chappelle who's like, I'm in. We got to realize when you get someone like Chappelle, Kevin, Cat, they realize, no, 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 my agent works for me. Yeah, my manager works for me. I, I learned that years, t- twenty five years ago. <laughs> I'm gonna tell them I'm gonna do it, right. work it out, right? You know what I mean? They get some people when they get it, they realize, oh, wait a minute. I, I got to use the right protocols here. No, go through my manager. Right. Go right, through this. Right. So I get it. And Rock was the same way. I called Chris up, and uh, and he was within like a couple of minutes. I'll do it. I think my cigar went out. 
Oh yeah. He said. He said. He said. He said. I'm like this. Really? I think my shit went out. Chris Rock was like, "I'll do it," and then we didn't get a chance to shoot Chris because his movie came out at the time, and he was on a press schedule. By the time we got what movie, he did that. The last movie he did, um, forget, the last one he dropped, I think it was the, the one on on uh, one of those streaming networks. Was it a comedy? <laughs> uh, it wasn't a comedy. It's kind of a. I think it was a detective one or something. Yeah, he should do Fat Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Guy, not ringing a bell. So, Shit did fat so <laughs> the schedules didn't line up, man, because without shooting Damn. and like, but I really wanted, I really wanted him as well too. There's a bunch of people I wanted, man, but you know, it, Gary it, it Owen, is what it is. Gary Owen, because that people don't even know I took it over from you, yeah, for a few years, yeah, on the low, yeah, I passed the torch. Not gonna, mm-hmm. not gonna change the name, right? I changed nothing, right? I was like, man, yeah. I saw all the, it was like, it literally was like taking me down memory lane when I watched it. I was like, fuck, I forgot about that. Like, the, I mean, I don't think people realize the magnitude of people showing up at a comedy club on a Tuesday <laughs> and nobody knows who's going to go up. No, no. You're, yeah. you're not. You have. There's no space, idea. You didn't have any A-listers go yeah. up. And there was no so- just as happy. There was so no social media. No social media. I didn't have money for advertising on radio and TV. But, you know, there wasn't one time that I went that I didn't see some borderline A-lister, yeah. and whether it be a Laker, an actor, or a Richard rapper. Pryor. Got my pick or with Eddie Rich Murphy. there. Got my pick or, with Rich man, there. It, it, man, it's funny. I was just hosting, uh, well, not hosted. I was presenting at the Academy of Country Music Awards in Vegas. And uh, they were asking me on Red Carpet, and said, well, what's, your co- what's Fat Tuesday's relation with country music? I said, well, Charlie Pride came to Fat Tuesday's once. Country singer, black Charlie Pride. Mm-hmm. And he was in there. He was surprised I knew who he was. And he was surprised that I knew he played in the Negro Baseball League. And I said that. He was like, and I told him back then, I said, man, you are the Eminem of country music. <laughs> 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 he got a kick out of a man and, and met him, man. It was, he was mad cool. But, you know, rest in peace, Charlie Pride. I didn't even know he passed away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got to know your country, country music history, Gary. I got to call him. I got to get him on the podcast. Yeah, right, right, right. I know, yeah, right? Get him and Paul Moody together. Yeah, yeah, what? yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> And Patrice O'Neill, get Patrice yeah. too. Another Fat <laughs> Tuesday Brian. alumni. Yeah. 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 There was just so many. It, it's it's points to be like, who went up? It's like everybody. Yeah. Everybody went up. You never know who's gonna be there. That's the first time I ever did it was Christmas Eve. And I'll never forget, it was like 96, 97. I ain't even doing stand-up hardly at all. Right. And I got on, I just remember Shaq was in the room. Yeah. Shaq came in, he just got with the Lakers. And Vivica Fox was there, Magic Johnson. And I remember going, don't you guys got families? Right, 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 Christmas right, right, Eve. Right, right, right. And I was in awe because, you know, I was in the military. I was still active duty. Right. Oh, I just really? came up. Yeah, I didn't get out until 98. Hmm. January 98, I got discharged from the military. I didn't know that. So I'm still active duty. I just I came up on a whim. I was on a comedy tour. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I came up on a whim. So I was just like, um, I was like, who goes out on a Tuesday? And then when I saw it, was just, and everybody was dressed to the, like, man, not, not suits. I mean, whatever the, it was like the BT Awards. Yeah. Like, Carl Kanai cool was always there. Yeah. He'd give me clothes. Shaq would give me clothes. Twism gear. Yeah, Twism. I, Twism. I was Twism out, boy. Man, what? What was the other one? The, the, the D's. Uh, Dada? Dada. Dada. Dada had shoes. Dada, Dada had shoes. Dope ass shoes, yeah. too. Dada had shoes, gear. Mecca. Mecca would give us gear. Yeah. Miyoshi, it was a brand called Miyoshi. Yeah. They gave us gear. 
Man, it was a bunch of those brands, man. It was a, it was a hip-hop store on Melrose that used to be 40 Acres and Mule, Spike Lee's joint. Uh -huh. And they moved out, and then this other uh, th second base, they took over, and they would give me give one of my sponsors, so they would give me free gear to give out to the audience. Man. Yeah, it was fun, man. The 90s was a shit, man. Those were the days. Man. Let's we have, even, and we didn't have no social media back then. Let's not even talk about the women Ooh. that was in there. I was like, Ooh. man, Ooh. you didn't have to go to a club. You didn't. That was the club, basically. Man. Red Man, Method Man would come, man. Uh, you name it. Kanye's mom came one time. Oh, really? When Kanye, very early in, in Kanye, Kanye was there. I remember one time Keisha Cole was there. Yeah, Keisha Cole sang one night when I was there. Yeah, Keisha Cole was there, man. She was Because that's the thing. You get there, and it's such a vibe. Yeah. That a singer would go and just get up and blow something. Tyrese was there one night and uh, I had him sing Happy Birthday because I did the birthday dance. And I had come up and sing Happy Birthday to you know, some birthday girls. And, and that was, it was just moments like that, man. I, I remember Joe Tyrese. Jackson came. Tyrese loves me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. I love Tyrese. I, here's the crazy thing about me and Tyrese. I guess we got this beef over something so stupid as a Twitter, but. I, I've always liked his music and right. stuff, but and I'm his like, acting. Timmy's got acting chops. Yeah, but I'm like, I don't know why he doesn't like me. <laughs> I got I got a few people that you know that that I I've ruffled some fellas, but you know that's what yeah. we do, man. And 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 I, I go back and listen to some of my cassette tapes when I recorded, you know, my sets back then, and the shit I got away with saying. Who is? Let me ask you this: talking about the cassette tapes. Of, who was the sound guy that set up in the bird's nest? It was a few. It was Phil dude. with the long hair. Phil. Phil. The white, the it was white two. Dude. It was Phil, yeah. and then Danny took over after Phil. Phil, you only had to tell him once the music cues. Yeah. And he hit it. Because yeah. I, at that time, I had the black church joke I would do. Yeah. The music would come. I'm talking about when I caught the Holy Ghost. Uh -huh. da -da 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 -da, and then I had the boy band shit. I always knew I just had to go to him one time because I got it. Yeah. Never had to, he like, hey, let's run it again. Let's do it. Man, he was. Phil was the reason why people don't know this about Fat Tuesdays. If you go to the main room, it's big. It holds 400 people, right? And there's a back area that there was no speakers back there. And with a black audience, if they can't hear you, they're going to they're gonna start breaking down the table conversations, and that shit's going to bleed to the front, and it's going to fuck your setup. Yeah. So I, me and Phil had a conversation. I said, man, how can we get speakers back here? So we put speakers in that back area, right behind the VIP booths, we put speakers on either side, and then we brought in woofers up front. That was fat. That was a Fat Tuesday thing. Those speakers are still there to this day because with black audiences, if they can't hear the joke, they're going to tune you out, and it's going to fuck up the energy of the whole goddamn room. Yeah. And now those speakers are still there in that room. They probably upgraded them since then, but it was me uh, renting them $300 a week for that whole sound system, and I ended up just buying it and keeping it there. But, but that people don't understand... The, 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 it's technical with comedy. You gotta be able to hear what the comedians are saying. It's not like music, you just bob to it and you know the lyrics. This shit, you gotta hear the setup and the punchline. Otherwise, your audience is fucked and your set is fucked. Yeah. It was just a vibe, man. You walk out on that stage and you, I, you felt, I can't explain, you felt like you were part of history. Yeah. Like you realize, like, man, this is, we're really like in a moment right here that. A lot of the like the general public doesn't know about. Right. But in LA, what fucking knew about Comics it. knew about it. Cause comics from the East Coast would come in town and like, yo, I'm being I'm staying over to Tuesday, man. Can I get a spot? And I and but I it was so, but it was so weird because like black Hollywood knew. Right. But mainstream didn't. They, but they, if they mainstream knew. wanted to come see a comic, they right. knew where to go. Right. 
They knew where to go. Tuesday nights where you Tuesday got nights. showcases. But that's why I created it because uh, they quit coming to South of Wilshire to see black comics. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck that. I'm taking the hood to Hollywood and, and showcase these black comedians. And it helped. Uh, it helped. You know what? Here's the thing. If people want to give uh, Fat Tuesdays credit for a lot of these careers. But everybody would have got to the destination anyway, with or without Fat Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. Fat Tuesdays, I think, was just the carpool lane. It may have helped people get to the destination a little quicker yeah. than if it wasn't a Fat Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. But anybody who made it out of there, I mean, you, their talent is undeniable. So yeah. they would have eventually got to where they are. It's just that I was glad I was able to be a conduit to be a step on the way to where they are. It, I would say 98, 98 to 2000 was the, the glory years. Even though it was longer, it went a couple years after, started a couple years before. 92,000. Sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah, that was that, sweet that spot. Was, that was Jordan in 93. Right, right. You know what I right, mean? Right, Man. Was, that was Showtime magic. Man. Showtime Lakers. You Those know? two years? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, they, they, Jeez. it was, it was, because like I said, like you said, magic would come down, magic came down to see you. Mm-hmm. Got um, a meeting with them. Yeah. Everything. I remember when Quincy Jones came to see you. I, I, I don't know room. if I told that story on here. I don't know. Tell um, again. Quincy Jones yeah. came to, to see you, and... He came in the back while you were on stage. You, you were wrapping up your set. And he's like, man, you from St. Louis? I said, yeah. I know that old raggedy-ass city. First of all, I'm like, I'm talking to fucking Quincy Jones. Right. And then he's just a regular-ass cat. Man, right. I know that old raggedy-ass city. My, my aunt used to run a hotel, the Mayfair Hotel down in that raggedy-ass city. Then he started talking about you. This white boy on stage, you know, acting like he the only one that liked black women. <laughs> he said, shit, Frank Sinatra wanted to marry Billie Holiday. Facts. I was like, What? So he was, he was, he was, he was talking shit way back then. He told me all them stories. Yeah, <laughs> he told me all the stories about all the white legendary actors, and yeah. performers that liked black women, that he black goes, and they couldn't come out. Yeah, he goes, it was, it was. He goes, man, well, since we put the cat out of the bag, Frank Sinatra. He he told me uh, Orson Welles and Lena Horne. Oh man, I wanted Lena Horne. He was like, yo, because they they would. One of them, either Frank or Billy or Lena and Orson, one of them would have to go to Europe to rendezvous because they were wow. too popular right, to be, yeah. in the States yeah. to be seen. And, and that's in before social media. Yeah. Shit. But Frank was a... You, nobody could have power like that right no, now. Frank's no. Frank's not have power. No, he had, yeah. He told me the story of when he... They were doing something in Hawaii and he called the chief of naval operations to have Navy ships go back and forth during this scene in a movie. What? And the CNO had these Navy ships going back and forth all day just to be in the scene. Damn. Like How you call the head yeah. of the Navy? <laughs> damn. Can you imagine? Hey, I need some Navy ships tomorrow. I mean, they said he was connected, but God damn. There was no That's power. That's beyond like that. connected. Yeah. Damn. But yeah, he told me all them stories. Really? I was like this. I, and the thing about Quincy, you know he's not lying. No, no, no hell no. He's got no reason to lie. And, 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 and what makes it dope is the comedy store, before it was a comedy store, it was Ciro's, which was this restaurant. And that's where Frank and, and the Rat Pack, you would hang out every once in a while. Oh, really? Yeah, it's no, called Ciro's. Yeah, they used to, and, you know, not, I don't think Frank was a part of this, but legend has it that it was they, they, where the green room is upstairs, the belly room, that one little room, yeah. that was the office. And it actually overlooks the main room, which I think was the main dining room. Mm-hmm. And what well, I understand, if somebody needed to be, you know, Handled? off the calendar, they were like, that guy right there. And that's why the legendary of the comedy store basement was it that's why the place is haunted. 
Jesus Christ. A lot Christ. of shit went on down there. It was a mob hangout. It was serious. It was a mob hangout. When I studied for Fat Tuesdays, man, I studied black, the history of black comedy. I studied the comedy store. I studied Sunset Boulevard. I studied, you know, the Chitlin Circuit. I studied comedy and slavery. Slaves used to tell comics, used to tell jokes to the masses, keep from getting his ass whooped. So, oh, and if they, yeah, and if they were funny enough, slave masters would take them to another plantation to perform for another slave master. I never knew so, that. So, you know, Negroes been on tour for a long time. So <laughs> <laughs> they knew to us. But, but, so I, I took it all the way back to there and, and rest in Was peace. Was I allowed to laugh at that? Yeah, man. Hell yeah, shit's funny. <laughs> I was like this. This, is, this cigar smoke just kicked <laughs> to my head? I'm like this. No. No, yeah, yeah. And the thing about it, Edit man. that out, boys. No, no, keep it, keep it, keep it, <laughs> goddammit. But no, man, so I studied this doc, man, and 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 when I came, when I when I approached Reggie, when we finally met up in person, I had 12, not 12, shit, I had five binders, the big ones, full of research, bios on everybody. Not just your bio for your movie history and everything, but bio, I had I made my own bio of questions. Like when I when I talked to you, I I, I looked at your interview again that I taped before and wrote down what you said. So I did that for everybody, pre-interview mm-hmm. and wrote down their stories. Because sometimes you're in an interview, you may forget something. Yeah. And and so I had and and Reggie said, man, out of all the all the years I've been in this entertainment industry, this is the most well prepared project I've ever I've ever come on, come into. He was lying. No man, no, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> hey, hey, let me tell you, the God. way I researched that shit, and and because of COVID really. and because of the pandemic, oh, yeah. I was off the road, so I had yeah. more time to research. Right. So I was like, man, this story is gonna be told. Fuck that. It's so good. I'm so glad. Appreciate I'm not a part it, man. Of it. <laughs> oh, what a time to get divorced. What a time to avoid a process server. No, the, hey, look, stay tuned. The Fat Tuesday yeah. saga continues. I'm gonna tell you right now. How stay tuned, because there's a lot of a lot of people are interested. And the Fat Tuesday business right now. Well, I was I was gonna call you, but like, can I get a jacket? Man, I'm trying to get more jackets. I I'm, saw I'm, Jay Farrell had one on. Yeah, uh, we was in um, we was in Philly about a month ago. He was wearing it on stage. Yeah, he wore it. We did Tamron Hall together, and uh, Zoom, and uh, he had it on. I'm like, damn, I should have put on my jacket. And then but Joe yeah. Coy. Joe Coy, yeah. Social media. Yeah. You know Joe Coy's still mad at me about Fat Tuesday. Really? You know that story, right? Tell me. Tell us. I was hosting one time because you know if you wasn't there, Dan was there, and for a while when he's, I he's not a, he's not a fan of mine right now, but okay. go ahead. <laughs> All right. Well, and then if Dan wasn't there, you it got to a point where you'd have a little rotation. Yeah, right? Joe Joe would host. Joe, fuck it up. I hosted a couple uh, times. Um, but one of the times I hosted, it wasn't normal, but I probably hosted it ten times in my life, right? So Joe was supposed to go first, Joe Coy, and. Looking back, I did fuck him, but it wasn't on purpose. It wasn't out of spite. It wasn't trying to fuck him. But now that I know comedy like I do, I would have never did it. Right. So he goes, uh, George Wilborn showed up. Right. And wanted to do. I don't George know if he was funny too. Supposed to be George on hosted it. a couple of times. Yeah. I don't know if he was supposed to be on it or he got there and had to go somewhere. I don't know. I got some story. And I said, Joe, I said, Joe Coy. I was like, yo, George's going to go. Before, Joe was supposed to go first. I said, Joe, George Wilburn's going to go up real quick, and then I'll bring you up. He's supposed to do like five. Of course, George did like 20, right? Yeah. And then and he killed. He killed. Yes, George. And fucking me thinking, oh, fuck, we're behind now. I'm just going to bring Joe right up. Right. It wasn't like, fuck it. They were still riding off Wilborn. Right. I should have did a few minutes to calm him down. No. So I brought Joe right up. I'm like, George Wilburn said... Good night, I love y'all. And then, uh, right. and then 
Hey, right, give it one more time, George Wilburn. You ready for this comedian, Joe Coy? And Joe ate it. Like, bomb, bomb. That's not your fault. Let me tell you why it's not your fault. That's a good host. Because I'll tell you why. Because you don't want to risk telling a joke and losing them. You want them to ride that wave. Uh -huh. And when I hosted Kings of Comedy, that's what I did. If, if, if when, when Seb would go on and blaze that shit, while they're still in that thing, I bring Bernie on. Mm -hmm. And Bernie would come on and destroy. And then I, and, and, but, but I, would, I would do that, and I, I did it with Steve, because uh, Bernie was, uh, it was me, Cedric, Bernie, and Steve. DL hadn't joined the tour until I left. But, but that's what it was. It's like, to me, as a good host, you don't risk doing a bad joke, bringing them down, and then the next time I got to bring them back up. Mm -hmm. You let them ride that fucking wave. And if, and if you can handle it, you can handle it. You, 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 you know how big your balls are. Sometimes you got to put yourself in those situations to see how big your balls are. And I do that on purpose sometimes to go behind somebody fucking hot who just destroyed. Say, okay, if I think if I am who I think I am, mm -hmm. then I'm gonna fucking raise the level or keep it right here. I'm not gonna lose it. And I I'm more of the I'm the reason Joe Coy is huge. Cause <laughs> that moment was that, that moment is like I gotta work on some shit. <laughs> hey, hey, we all have those moments. Yeah, but Joe's still like, dude, you fucked me on that one. To this oh, day, and I was like, looking back, I go this. I'm. Knowing the audience, knowing what it was, I should have let yeah. Joe over. And he was new. He was green, just got right. to L.A. But I didn't know he had like some guy doing an article on him. There was so much other little shit. He talked shit. about that, too. We didn't, we didn't get to that. <gasps> he, told he brings that it up every time he sees me. He told that story in the documentary. And unfortunately, you know, there's are so many great origin stories that we couldn't use because not they weren't good. It's the fact that it would have been a 10-part documentary. And, I mean... I uh, like how many times I got to light this cigar because I suck at smoking cigars. Well, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep. It's like, a, it's like a woman. You gotta pay attention to every once in a while. We're not getting into that right now, are we? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this cigar's about to go out. <laughs> There's a reason I can't keep it lit. It's like a good woman. What? What? You know, you you Look. tend to it. Oh, this ash is fucked. You, you didn't go, put it in a humidor. You go back, then you go back to work. You go, yeah. You got, you got to pay attention to it. But no, man. I don't think you, you did anything wrong at all. I think I that's either. how you host. I don't either. Yeah. Joe, stop being a puss. Nah, Joe's good. <laughs> Joe, Joe kills the doc, too. Yeah, Joe's yeah. such a good dude. Yeah. And that's the thing. Even though it was a, it's, Fantasia was bringing the hood to Hollywood, your goal, it did more for more people. Uh, just to be a part, I saw Dice Clay go up. Dice Clay, Bob Saget. Bob, oh, One of the last Bob interviews the he did uh, before he passed What's up, hoes? Yeah, man. Susie Markell. <laughs> What's up, hoes? Yeah, this ain't, this ain't full house. Right, like, right. Right. He could have got off. Right. Right. The right. Back, that's the first time I saw him. I'll never forget it as long as I live. Bob nope. Sego. The guy from Full House. House. I met him in Aspen, and he's, he had heard about Fat Tuesdays. He's like, man, I want to come play your room. And I was like, I hadn't seen his stand-up. I just knew Full House. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I knew he was a celebrity, but okay. And then when he came on stage and he came out, people did look at him. You know you talk to a dog, and, yeah. and, and they turn their head sideways like, Trying to hit, that's what they did to Bob Saget. And he came out with that line. They were like, oh, that's my man's. Yeah. This, this ain't full house. What up, right, hoes? Right. I think he points to my eye and goes, how you doing, ho, or something? Right. something he was hoes. I was like, oh, fuck. I think we talked about it last week on the podcast. First time I saw Sebastian. Oh, yeah, Fat Sebastian Tuesday. did Fat Tuesdays. Uh, 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 Billy Gardell used to come and rip. Oh, I, and I probably saw him, but he wasn't big. Right, he was big. He wasn't big. He was big. He was big. I probably didn't big. know who he was. Right, but Billy, Billy, I met him at, the, at, at in Aspen at the comedy festival, 
and we were in the same group, New Faces group. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yo, man, you funny, man. I got this room in LA, a night at the comedy store, man. If you're ever in town, come through. And he come in town and call me, hey, I'm in town. You didn't get a spot tonight? I got you. And when I interviewed him for the sizzle, and I, and I hate to, he didn't get, get to make the doc, but he was like, man, you have no idea how many comics told me they got a night in L.A. I call them and they don't return my call. You're the first person to return my call and put me on stage. Billy said that? Yeah. But I mean, similar to my story then, I, I had no connects with L.A., none. And um, I did something... On, I won the funniest black comedian in San Diego contest. Right, I remember that. Nick's, Nick's guy, Samir, Sam, Sam Tomo. Sam, yeah. He's like, yo, guy and Nick had that show, and he got me up there and got me in, and you gave me five minutes that Christmas yeah. Eve. Yeah. And then <laughs> I didn't get on for another six months, but I used to start hanging out there. Right. So I'd see you, and I never tried to bother you until on the way out, you had the SUV with the Fat Tuesday floor mat. Yeah. And I remember thinking, I remember thinking you were the biggest star in Hollywood. I go, dude, he knows everybody. <laughs> and everybody knows. And I'm like this, and everybody has to go to him to get up. I literally thought you were that guy, like the made guy. Like people go to guy to get shit done, right? No, I was just Fat Tuesdays. And man. then I just remember go, coming up to you and be like, hey, what's up, man? I want to bother you, man. Whenever I can get up again, I was here. Christmas Eve, everybody goes, yeah, man, just call me, whatever. Da, 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 da. That's why I think I put Terrence in charge. Because yep. like, I, when I went up the next time, I was ready. I wasn't really ready. I was ready for five minutes. Right, I wasn't ready for right. 10, 15, right, first right, time I went right, up. Because right. I was looking for that fucking bow tie forever. <laughs> At the comedy store, the light, those of you who don't know, they give comics a light. But the light, the comedy store in the main room, it was a big clown face, neon sign in the back of the room. And the bow tie, when that lit up, that was your light. Wrap it up. Yeah, got a couple minutes Which left. was smart, actually. Rather than having some big red-ass light come on. Yeah, and you part can't of, miss it. You can't There's miss no it. There's no I didn't see the light. Yeah, yeah. Like, it lights and it up the whole back wall. Then it starts flashing and shit. Yeah, that's when you'll get the fuck off. Get the, the fuck off stage. And then after that, then they just cut the mic off, and you're on stage. Yeah. <laughs> Panamine. But the Fat Tuesday would, would let you know if your shit was real or not, because I saw, I saw at least four people, like, Eat it. Yeah. That I'm not gonna name their names. Like, I'll name a name. Headline. Which one? Okay, let me. I got a couple of. The one, one I can say because he's cool about it now. I'd love you. Go ahead. Kente Scott. No. Kente Scott, very funny guy, but and he was killing L.A. at the time, right? And Kente, <laughs> I, I was doing Def Comedy Jam auditions, and he he laughs about it now. But one of the worst bombs I ever seen. <laughs> and. At the time, it was right after Muhammad Ali had carried the torch for the Olympics, and he had Parkinson's. Mm -hmm. And one of Muhammad Ali's daughters were, was one of my hostesses, Hana Ali. And he did the joke making fun of Ali's Parkinson's. And he was killing at first, like destroying the room. And he went to that bit, and the audience shut down like the Batmobile. <laughs> and then, I don't know if you've seen the movie Backdraft, yeah. But there's a scene in the movie Backdraft when they open the door and the and the flames yeah. come rushing. The booze started at the back <laughs> of the damn room and rolled to, it was a rolling boo. It was woo and they booed the shit out of him. It was it was an incredible bomb. But he's you know, he recovered after that because he's funny as hell. But that was one of the worst ones. Another one was uh, I think it was Dennis Gaxiola, very funny comedian. He was he was killing too, and it was a Tuesday after Princess Diana. Died? Had died. And I guess he thought he was in an all-black room. He could make a joke about it, and people would laugh. 
Man, they booed shit out of him too after that. The joke, the joke, if it was a bigger name comic, it would have worked. Because actually the joke worked after that once, you know, it yeah. wasn't too soon anymore. But this is too soon. Too soon. And 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 he said, her favorite princess died. He said, her name should have been Bitch Buckle Up. <laughs> That's so fucked up. And and the audience shut down and booed the fuck out of him, man. And he was a funny guy, but that bit. And my dumb ass, I came on stage and said, God damn, man, you can't do that. It's, it's too soon. I said, she still smells like an airbag. Yeah. And, and, and that guy laughs. <laughs> so I got, you was the best at following somebody, not even getting booed, just not doing that well. <laughs> you was the best at just like destroying them after. <laughs> I was like this. Uh, that was almost best. If I saw somebody with a flat audience or had a flat set, I go, "Can't wait to see what God's gonna say about this." Because <laughs> he is definitely gonna address it, man. But you he know always what? Always address it. But hey, can I get another one of these sparkling whatever? Bubbly. I, I don't care which one. Michael Bublé. A cold one though. But you know what it did, man? I started that when I was at the Comedy Act Theater when I was hosting the amateur part, and I would I would kill the comics if they bombed. But you know what it did? It made them go home and write because they come back the next week. Hey, man, you ain't get me this week. I worked on that bit. Every time I dog somebody the next week or the two weeks later, come back and say, man, I worked on that bit, man. You ain't going to talk about me this week. Okay, I don't so, know if you remember this one. I'll, I'll tell you because he came back, and I even told him, I said, man, you got funny since that. Uh, Ronnie Perry. Yep. I, I think I knew you was going to go there. Ronnie Perry ate it. He just got ate in Oakland. Yeah. And his suit didn't fit. Well, first of all, let's set the table. His wife was there. I was about to get to that. Okay, go ahead. I was okay. All... <laughs> I don't know what happened backstage. All I know, Rodney went up. The suit didn't fit right. Right. The tie wasn't he's, right. It was, it was all wrong for that night of the room. You shouldn't, he shouldn't have wore a suit that night. Right. So then he goes, he did some James Brown joke, and the impersonation was not even close to James yeah, Brown, right? Yeah, it was James and Smith. Somebody, <laughs> somebody yelled something out about his suit. Man. And he ate it, ate and it. his wife... We're trying to get backstage, and they go, no, nah, you can't come backstage. He goes, I'm his wife. I'm trying to get to my husband. <laughs> like, my husband needs me. And he had came in a limo. Norman Lewis, Norman Lewis picked him up in a limo, so they came to the limo to the show and everything. Oh, my God. And But what it was was I had just worked with him in Sacramento, and he was fucking funny. Yeah. So funny it was shit. a jacket. Oh, yeah, he's still funny. So what it was was I said... Look, y'all wasn't booing him. Y'all was booing that motherfucking jacket because he had a, it was a corduroy sport coat with the patches on the elbow. And I said, man, was that Ben Vereen 10 speed and brown shoe ass <laughs> jacket you wearing? I said, dude, it's funny. I'm going to go back. I'm going to talk to him and bring him back out. So yes! I, I, I said, I said, yes! I said, take the jacket off. What? Take the fucking jacket off and I'm going to reintroduce you. And I reintroduced him, and he came on and killed for like three to four minutes and got the fuck off he stage. He said, I got to go. Yeah, got to go. I'm, I'm, taking this, I'm, yeah. I'm taking this and leaving. But, but when he tells a story, it's so funny he tells it because he said it was a white dude in there. And it was a white, it's a, it's a white dude that, I don't know his name, but he was always around death row. He was always that one with exactly the bald head. I know exactly what you're talking and, about. And, 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 and um, Rodney says to this day, he still he can't forget how that white dude was just looking at him like, you unfunny motherfucker. <laughs> He said that he said that's forever burned into his brain. That one white dude in the room with the bald head was just looking at him and heckling him. It was fucking. Because well, I, like, I remember like a couple years later, he had a. Now he lived in L.A. and he had right. a room. He moved to L.A. He had a yeah. room like at a Hollywood Park Casino or something. Right. 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 I think with, was, was that the one with G-Mac? G Mac. And then uh, what do you call it? Like Cat would host him for yeah, a while. Yeah. 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 But Ronnie had 
the jumpsuit, the zip-up, almost mechanic jumpsuit, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. With Ronnie Perry, and he brought me up. I and he built road. terrible, first of all. He built <laughs> terrible. I swear he brought me up, and the first thing I said was, man, I saw, the, uh, I did my set, and after my set, I go, let me tell you something. Last time I saw Ronnie Perry, he bombed so bad. I'm just happy he's still doing stand-up. <laughs> I go, and he's gotten so much better. Who am I to tell him you're better? Like, I'm not some <laughs> fucking comedy savant. But I had to address it because right. I was like... It, you're proud of I, him. Yeah, I was proud of him, but the reason I did it is because I know... I knew he knew I was there that night. And we don't ever want to bring it up. Right. So I wanted to bring it up like, I'm acknowledging I was there for your boo, but I don't <laughs> think that's the type of stand-up you are. Right, you know what I mean? right, right. Be like, that guy's always going to think I suck. No, that guy's man. always going to think I bombed. Cause I and I knew he was funny. He just had a bad, had a bad suit on. Cause black audiences, they judge you from the time you walk out on stage. That's why a lot of black comedians, not all, but some, most. I used to be that way. I would spend more time worrying about what I was gonna wear on stage and what I was gonna fucking say on stage. But that's the beauty of '98 to yeah. 2000. It was Jersey yeah. season. Jerseys and, and oversized jeans yeah. and hockey jerseys. It was so easy. And fucking football jerseys, and baseball the, jerseys. God, I went to the mall and brought like bought ten jerseys. I go, <laughs> I'm good. It was the easiest time to be a stand-up and get dressed for a yeah. show. Yeah. I, but I do. Only drawback to that, I was in um, one city. The Fucking guy came down with the same jersey. Oh no! It was Tennessee Titans. <laughs> we both had like an Eddie George or Steve McNair. I go, bro, you gotta go change. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, this, same what? color too. Went like way in no, home. It was the exact same jersey. Exact same jersey. And I was like yeah. this. I go, um, you gotta change. Bro. I'm the headliner. Yeah, I'm not yeah, yeah. yeah. And, that, and look, and that's so, that card you pull as a headliner. Yeah. I, I'm not I, taking my jersey yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. If I had to, if somebody had a a camouflage jacket on or or a leather black leather jacket on, I had the same thing, yeah. and I was a headliner. I'm like, yo, you. You gotta take yours off. The guy, uh, I think he wore like Palm Beach Improv t-shirt from the, oh, from the from, from storefront. I go through that now with sometimes my openers, like you know, Rich and Rotten, yeah, the, the t-shirt company. Uh -huh. So I'll go there and I'll grab some shit. And if I got some of my guys with me on the road with me, they'll they'll lay, you know, the guy laces them up too. The only problem with that is now we're calling each other. Hey, which one you wearing tonight? Cause you do clubs, shit, yeah. The, the shirts are cool, yeah. and nobody's got them, right? And they're always asking, like, where'd you get that shirt, right? You know, so I'm always like, please don't wear this one tonight. See, I don't, don't wear this one tonight. I don't run that into that problem these days because I have a woman open, <laughs> <laughs> so we ain't gonna never bump heads and wearing the same shit. Right now, Rich, my opener right now, uh, T Robe out of Pittsburgh. I know T Robe. He's on the road with me a lot. He, he he's got, been on the road with you forever. No, he was on. He's known. He me took forever. a break for a minute, but he, he, years ago he was on the road with you. Few cities, and then, and then he. But he stopped. wasn't ready, and he admitted. Yeah. He wasn't ready because we did Marco Island. And, I'm on, uh, I'm in Marco Island. Uh, well, I'm in um, Naples at Off the Hook. Yeah. Next week, next Tuesday, Thursday. It's so much better now. It Is used it? to be. It used to be everything's good about the gig except the gig. Yeah. So much better yeah. now. Yeah. Like obviously you're not going to get what you're used to at improvs because they're older right. and everything, but just the way it's run. They yeah. did somehow. They found a way to market to the, the well. Audience. The last time I was there, the place where they were, and I'm not sure if it's in the same place. They, had, they did, just had a woman women's for Trump rally there. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, well, at you, that place, and I, get, I and I was heavily going in on Trump, and man, I let them motherfuckers have it. Well, I had to put a black chick out who was there with a white guy as his side piece, and she was loud and shit. I put this bitch out. I I, I put a couple people out off the hook. Yeah, yeah. Because they, I think. 
older white, there's a sense of entitlement too. I kicked one guy. It's the retirement was, community for those who don't know. When it was yeah. in, um, what's the? It was in Marco Island. It was in Marco that Island. Was in yes. Kind of. but, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've put a couple people out because yeah. they weren't paying attention. They was over talking. I was like, you gotta go. Well, you know, it, here's the thing. It took me a minute to figure that room out. The first fucking times I did it, man, I felt like quitting stand up because they kept. First of all, it's a restaurant, a seafood restaurant. Yeah. Great and they do great food, and they did. They had a comedy stage that they would do comedy, right? So then, when people will come, they're in flip flops and shorts and fisherman hats. So they don't, they're not coming to what we're used to at an improv, a funny exactly. bone, a comedy store where people kind of dress up. Yeah. These motherfuckers just got through fishing, yeah, and and still smell like fucking uh, bait. <laughs> and they're coming and watching the show, and it's a retirement community. Showing pictures of the manatees. Yeah, and we it's got it. It's all manatee today. Yeah. And so, so it, it's not condu- it wasn't conducive for comedy back then. And it made, me, it made me start taking my pad on stage. What it was was the mindset. I went in with the mindset of an improv or a funny bone or a levity, one of those. But it wasn't that. So I was like performing when I should have just been fucking... Once I started treating it like an open mic mm-hmm. and brought my pad on stage and said, fuck it, that was, the, that, was, that was the click. That was the mindset. So it wasn't them. It was, it's, it's reconditioning your mind and your energy to do that type of audience. Well, it's, it goes back to you're not pandering. You're right. playing to your audience. Right. You're not going right. to go to Apollo and talk about Garth Brooks. Right, right. You're not going to do the West Virginia State Fair in the middle of the day and talk about Lil Wayne. Right. got to know who your audience you is. Gotta, you got to read them. And you got to do it on radio, too. Yep. A lot of comments don't know how to do radio. When you're doing radio, know your demographic. If you're playing a soccer mom station mm-hmm. and you're trying to get them to come to the show, and you doing anti women jokes and shit. You, uh, you just you got to know your demo. But when I was talking about T Robe, um, first time we did Marco Island. Another terribly built ass dude. He <laughs> built terrible too. So, yep, I'm body shaming. So, anyways, built I, terrible. I'm out of that. Um, he uh, every night he did less, and I'm not lying, lie guy. It got to Sunday. We did Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? It went <laughs> 30, 20, 15. We got to Sunday. We got one show. I ordered a lobster bisque. It hadn't even gotten there yet. It my bowl, he did like five or seven minutes. And I literally went, he goes, Hey, you ready for your headliner? I went, No fucking way. Right? Yeah. And he brought me up and I go, I literally go like this. I go, I go on stage, I go, dude, you did like seven minutes. Yeah. Goes, no, I didn't. I go, Oh my god, the clock is right here. Yeah. So I now that we're cool and now he's gotten so much better. Right, right. He's definitely better. He's like, um, he's like, I told him, I said, dude. He goes, man, I, I felt some kind of way when you were taking other people on the road, and I was your guy. I go, I, I'm being honest with you, dude. You weren't you ready. Weren't re- I said, I couldn't trust you to do your time. Right. I said, if I tell you to do 30, you got to do 30, man. Yeah. That's my It's a mindset. Time. Yeah, it's a, mi- it's a reset, especially if, if, if you're in between shows. Yeah, but he'll admit, he goes, yeah, you're right. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready at that time to do that amount of time on a nightly basis. And, and you got to be able... If you just gotta take the L if they're not laughing like you're used to. You gotta I, power through it. I, I I had him open one time. He did a guest spot one time at the Pittsburgh Improv, right? And I say, man, I'm I'm getting ready for last comic. I need to do a clean set. So don't go on stage and do too much dirty. Because yeah. then I gotta kinda follow you with dirty. I got you, I got you. And he's backstage drinking mad Hennessy, sweating for you went on fucking stage. <laughs> and went out there and this motherfucker, every motherfucker, bitch, whole fuck, dick, pussy yeah. coming to so I'm like I'm like, I said, hey, I told you what I'm trying to do, man. But that's all and, and he had. I actually, actually know what he was doing. He was featuring the whole weekend. I said, can you give me one, just one clean show, bro? Yeah. Just one. But he, like you said, he wasn't ready. He didn't know yeah. how to switch from being dirty to like 
just doing a, a corporate set or a TV set. Yeah. And a lot of these comics on the road, man, I talk to them, especially the black ones, because they're, do, they're, they're doing things wrong and think the club is hating on them. And then why, why not getting booked for other nights? I said, you're set. Yeah. I said, you're coming on stage doing shit jokes uh, at, the, at, the, at the top, and people are still eating. I can do that because I'm at the end. They're done eating by the time the headliner comes on. I can do a shit joke. Yeah. But if you're hosting and you're, and, you're, and you're middling and you're doing period blood jokes and shit jokes and motherfuckers putting french fries with ketchup in yeah. their mouth or eating chili cheese <laughs> fries, yeah. that's just, you, you got to know the audience. You got to know your place and stay in your lane. What I, what I like about T-Rope now, though, is he now he can do that. Yes. If you say... Dude, dude, I'm working on some shit. Like, well, I'll do right. this with him. When he first on me, he would start talking to everybody in the front. Right. And I go, dude, I'm don't, working on some new shit. Thank I want you. to talk to the audience. Thank you. Don't do crowd work. I, yeah. I said, don't do crowd Or I'll be like this. One table. Tell me, and tell me who they are. So right. I'll be like, what do you do for a living? Because right. if I do that and they already know. Right. And I'm going, what the fuck? I got right. nothing. Because. So, but he's so much better now, bro. Uh, yeah. I, I, tr I trust you. And, and to young comics out there that's listening to this podcast, you got to know your headliner. You don't want to, they, they're there to see the headliner. You don't want to be them before they come out. If, 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 if your headliner does crowd work, then don't do crowd work. If your headliner does a certain topic, now some headliners don't matter, but if you, I'm working on a new bit and, 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 and I say, hey man, just stay away from politics tonight. I'm going to work on this bit. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. You know, just as courtesy. Okay, but if you, and, and this, don't do this features and hosts. If you see me or Gary killing our weekend with a certain topic, and that topic is not in your fucking, Rotation. <laughs> Don't go write that topic because you see us killing with that same topic and then do it before we get out there. So you're divorcing a black woman too? Yeah, yeah. Really? Right, right, <laughs> right. Uh, you ain't even married. Your wife's white. Yeah. And, and, you don't and, make a black woman mad. Yeah, right. What the <laughs> Your fuck wife is Asian, happen? damn it. So it's like, it's like, don't do that because that's a quick way to not to work because headliners talk to each other. Well, hey, man, that's why he's working with me. Yeah. I will. I'll go to bat for him now. Yeah. Good. And, and good. The shit he does off stage, he's like a loyal, like yeah, whatever I that's ask. That's good, man. Everything. Yeah, I like him. Like, he's a good dude. Yeah, he's a straight up dude, man. I but, love being on the road. But with comedy him. first, man. Shit. Yeah. I didn't, man. I, I I didn't told I didn't told so many comics, man. Don't don't do a fucking rape joke, ever on my show, on my yeah. weekend, because so many women come in and so many women have been so sexually abused. You do a rape joke now, you didn't fucking killed the mood of the room. And now I got to undo that shit. Yeah. So there's nothing funny about a man telling a goddamn rape joke. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> God, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm fucking with you. <laughs> but never. Well, look, and, 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 let's, and as you've been in prison and you've gotten raped, yeah, yeah. that's different. <laughs> <laughs> you do how rape jokes you what? You do it on yourself as right. a man. Yeah, right. you slept on your stomach in the, yeah. in the, in the cell. <laughs> Have that ass open. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I'm, I'm so glad the documentary's out. Man, I'm so glad Part it's coming. Part two, I, if we if you do outtakes, man, just no, call it's gonna me. be it's gonna trust me. There's more coming. Amazon is very pleased with the with the um, the, the the docu series, um, and Reggie Hudlin did a great job. He's ready to do more stuff. Original Productions and GramNet, we're all ready to do stuff. And, and stay tuned. There's this, there's this rapper who really loved it, and 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 he wants to be involved in some shit. So. It's Tupac's alive. Tupac's alive, man. But yeah, so stay tuned for more Fat Tuesday business. Uh, follow Can I me. Get a jacket. I'm working on it, Gary. I am, man, because you were supposed to be in that goddamn documentary. Come on, man. Let me just have a jacket. I'll pump yeah. the fuck up on social yeah. media. I, I, me, and, me and Amazon have been talking back and forth for them to order more jackets. 
I was a, I was a little like, fuck. I didn't do it, so I don't deserve it. Cause I was like, there's some influencers who got jackets. That I didn't know was going to get some, but I'm glad they did. Uh, so I, I I believe you know because you're supposed to be in it, and some other people who worked on it didn't get a chance to get a jacket. I'm working on that. Thanks. Yeah. Well, don't come back until you got a jacket. Okay. I'll come back until I get a goddamn jacket. I'm gonna put it on like a Fuck like James cigars. Brown's like James Brown's cape. I'm gonna you just bend yeah. down. I'm gonna walk Fuck over. Your you. cigars. <laughs> I need a jacket. You need a jacket. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming. Always, on. man. Thanks for having Thank me, bro. man. Yes, sir. Thanks.